All right, here we go. Y'all ready? All right. Well, this is the second week of uh, Word Warnings. And last week we looked at taming the tongue. And I've heard quite a few comments this week about it. And uh, so we're going to continue on. And today is Guard the Gate. And we've got about five more weeks after this one where we talk about the words that come out of our mouths. Uh, So today, uh, guard the gate. We're going to be looking at a couple different passages of Scripture here in a few minutes. But before we get to those, see if this sounds familiar. You know you shouldn't say anything. You know your temper is likely to flare, but they just keep pushing your buttons. Or you know you shouldn't say anything. You know that your words will likely be misconstrued, but you just need to get it off your chest. Or you know you shouldn't say anything, but you've been wronged. They've hurt you, and you haven't done anything wrong, ever. (laughs) And you just want to give them a piece of your mind. Or you know you shouldn't say anything, but you just heard a juicy morsel. And oh, how you want to tell it. Guard the gate. Y'all with me? Guard the gate. How do we deal with the dilemma of our words? We're going to be in Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 39, verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to look at Psalm 141, just a couple of verses there, 3 and 4. And then for the last point, we're actually going to go back to Psalm 37. Uh, But for now, we're going to look at Psalm 39, 1 through 7, and then verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 141. So let's, in honor and reverence to the Word of God, if you'd please stand as I read uh, this passage to us today. Psalm 39 is where we'll begin, verses 1 uh, through 7. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My hot heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end. What is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths and my age as as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor, selah. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. And then if we flipped over to Psalm 141, just a couple of verses there, verses 3 and 4. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Wow. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for the reading of your word today. We thank you for your word, for it is truth. And through the word, Lord, we are brought closer to you. We know Jesus And we thank you, Father, that it changes and transforms us. There's power here. And so, Lord, I pray that you would use the Word of God by your Holy Spirit to move in every heart and every life here today. Lord, that we would seek your face, 
Lord, that we would be honest with you about the words in which we speak. And that we would even hear ourselves, even in the midst of this message, to hear what needs to change. And I pray, Father, that you would use me as your instrument. Lord, I am dependent upon you here. And Lord, I confess my own fault in the words in which I use. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd be with all of us here today. Lord, that we would hear from you. And we pray that we'll walk away knowing that we have been in your presence and that you have challenged us, that you have corrected us, and indeed you have changed us by your power and grace. And so, Lord, I pray that words in my mouth, meditations in my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As you see the outline for the message today, as we get ready to announce this first point. Now, as I say, as we think about guarding the gate, as I tell you what the first point is, I'm expecting a good, solid amen, okay? Just to give you that up front. So as I tell you, as we're thinking about guarding the gate of our mouths, thinking about the words, here's the first point. The struggle is real. Amen. Amen. All right, good. That's not bad. But the struggle is real. We know that that's very true. And as we look at Psalm 39, the the theologians have different views. As David wrote this psalm, they have different views about what the context was as David wrote this. There's quite a few views out there, but the one that I think fits best is the one where David, who was King David, his son Absalom had risen up to overthrow him in his kingdom and to overthrow King David from his throne. And so King David is escaping Jerusalem. And as he's escaping Jerusalem, he comes through a village, and there in that village is a man by the name of Shimei. And Shimei was from the family of Saul. And Shimei is up, and he begins to throw down rocks at David and all of his men, And he is cursing David and his men. And he's telling David that what is happening to him is his own fault. And what we find that David does is that David keeps his cool, whereas his men are ready to take care of the fellow. David says no. So David's able to keep his cool. And while people are rebelling against his kingdom, plotting against him, and now Shimei is out there cursing at him and throwing rocks at him, We have to wonder what was going on in the heart of David. What was going on in his mind in the midst of this? And so we don't know, and we come to Psalm 39, we think that this is where uh, David penned this, this psalm. So maybe as he passed through Shimei, throwing the rocks and cursing him, maybe as he gets just past him, out of sight of him, maybe he finds a shade tree and sits down and gets some rest. Or maybe at nighttime that evening, as he lays down and looks up at the stars, he begins to pen this psalm. And he says certain things here about maybe what's happening in his heart. And we find in verse 1, he says, I said I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. He writes, I said I would guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue, and I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before him. The wicked being not only Absalom and those who were against him, but even Shimei who were against him. David says, I said I would, I would guard my ways. He had What we find here is that David is showing that he had a determination to do what was right. 
You see, he is saying here, I said I will be careful. I said I will keep silent. He is saying, I said I would keep my mouth shut. That's what he's saying in the midst of this. You see, David didn't want to say anything rashly or improperly or unwisely. David had the want to to watch his mouth. He had the want to to guard what was coming out. But it was during that determination, whether it was a few seconds or a few minutes or a few hours later, that he realized his inability to do so. In verses 2 and 3, he says, I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned, and then I spoke with my tongue. You see, friends, he may have been determined, but he soon realized, even though he had this determination not to say anything, that something was stirring up on the inside. It tells us a sorrow, probably the feeling of all that he was enduring and all that he was now facing and how he was now being uh, treated uh, unfairly. You have to imagine if you're David, maybe he's thinking, why Why am I dealing with this? Why am I having to deal with this? Why are the wicked prospering around me? Who does this guy think he is? Does he not know who I am, throwing rocks and hurling insults? Does he not realize what I could do to him? Maybe that's what David was thinking. And it tells us here that David's heart grows hot within him and the fire burns. He had this determination not to say anything. He had the want to, but as all this is, is, is building, his heart gets hot and he, the fire begins to burn within him. And I, I just have to wonder, do any of you all know what that feels like? Ooh, have mercy, amen. Mm. We say, I'm going to be good. I'm going to keep my mouth shut this time. But then somebody, don't know who that is, pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and we start to feel it building and building and that fire within begins to burn and even though we were determined we turn loose the faucet or better yet we turn loose the water cannon of words and then in just a few minutes we regret what we've said. You don't have to say amen because I already know, right? (laughs) We're all there. And so what's going on within us that that happens? I, I doubt that I'm the only one in here that's ever had that feeling or had that happen. What is going on within us when We have this determination that we're going to be good. We're going to say only what we're supposed to say. I'm going to keep my mouth shut when anybody keep my mouth shut. But for some reason, that thing just begins to boil and burn and turn, and then we just turn it loose. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The Bible calls it the flesh against the spirit. The flesh against the spirit. We have a human nature that's constantly at odds with the spirit. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us as believers. The Bible tells, Paul writes in the book of Galatia, to the church of Galatia in Galatians, in chapter 5, when he talks about this idea of this wrestling that takes place between the flesh and the Spirit. 
In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and following through 21, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. They don't, they're against each other. And so that you do not do the things that you wish. You don't do the things that you really want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Watch this. Outbursts of wrath. Mm. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, etc. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the nature. That's our nature. That's our human nature. That's who we are deeply within. But then when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, a change takes place, and we are transformed by His power and by His grace, and the Spirit begins to live within us. We're now changed people. And so because the Spirit now lives within us, there's a different part of us that says, wait a minute, I I don't want to have outbursts of wrath. I don't want to have a temper. I don't want to say those words. I don't want to be that way. And we have this struggle that's going on within us. And he tells us further in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit, that Holy Spirit within us, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which by the way means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and watch this, self-control, guarding the gate, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh, that which we just talked about, with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The struggle is real. Amen? The struggle is real because the flesh is constantly battling against the Spirit of God who is within us, whereas we feel this this natural need to say something when the Spirit is saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. Or maybe the opposite is true where the Spirit is saying, you need to say something here when the flesh says, no, I don't. It happens both ways. The struggle is real. You see, friends, our heart is deceitful. Indeed, it's desperately wicked. We are prone to sin. Because of the human nature. And since we use words so frequently, then we are in danger of sin with our words. And so we see David here, he has this fire burning inside of him, and he's about to turn it loose. But what does he do? He comes to the realization of his weakness, and we see that in verses 4 and 5. He says, Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am? Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man in his best state is but vapor. Lord, I am weak. Help me to know how weak I am, how frail or how fleeting I am. I'm only here for a short period of time. My days are as handbreadths. A handbreadth was a measurement that was the smallest popular measurement unit, measuring unit of that day, which was about four fingers long. My life is about this long, Lord, or even to know that every man is but a vapor, a mere breath. We think of James when we, and what he says there about being a vapor, a mist. So 
because he has this realization that he knows that his hope is not in himself and his own determination, but rather his hope is in the Lord. Notice verse 3 here. He says, My heart was hot within me while I was musing, the fire burned, and then I spoke with my tongue. And then you notice what his next word that comes out of his mouth. I spoke with my tongue. Well, what did he say? He said, Lord, he prays, make me to know my end. Verse 7, we see, and now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. You see, friends, when it is burning hot within David and the words are about to come out, what does he do? He prays and he cries out to the Lord. And so, friends, listen, when you're at that point, when you're at that burning, boiling, bubbling point, when it seems that you could just as easily cap an erupting volcano as to not say anything, y'all know what I'm talking about? Then let what you say next, let the word that comes out of your mouth next be a prayer crying out to the Lord. That's what we can learn from this. Amen? Let it be a prayer crying out to the Lord. So before you speak, have the determination that I'm going to say what I'm supposed to say. But realize that even though you have the determination that you are weak and you need the Lord. And so when someone cuts you off on the highway... Or when your reservations are lost at that really fancy restaurant that you want to take your spouse... Or when your child, your teenager, comes to you at bedtime to tell you that they have a project due tomorrow. Come on now. No. Woo, we touched a nerve right there, didn't we? Have mercy. As that happens in our lives, and it's going to happen, let your words be a prayer and cry out to the Lord. Because we need to remember... But Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to be very careful of what comes out of our mouths as we speak to those people who are around us. Very careful. The struggle is real. And then secondly, we see this. Not only is the struggle real... But the solution is right. The solution is right. You see, David knew the solution was to turn to the Lord. That's the solution. Bottom line, turn to the Lord. David knew that. That's what we need to know. And we see what he prays in that other place in Psalm 141. We read just a minute ago, verse 3 and 4. Let's look at that again. You've got to love this, these two verses. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. Wow. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Friends, that is a great prayer to pray. Amen. We ought to pray that, all of us ought to pray that every morning when we get up. And at the mid-morning. 
and at lunchtime and around mid-afternoon and around dinner time and right before bed, before the child comes in and says, I got a project due tomorrow. Amen? Every day we should pray this of every week, of every month, of every year, of all of our lives, right? Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. David knew what we need to know know and acknowledge that left, listen, left to ourselves, we will soon give ourselves over to the wrong words. Listen, let me put it this way. We fail in our words when we are self-sufficient instead of Christ-dependent. You got that? We will fail in the words and how we use our words when we are self-sufficient, depending on ourselves, even as our determination, and we think that we've got it now. When we are self-sufficient instead of Christ-dependent, we're going to fail at the words that we use. David prayed for the Lord to set a guard over his mouth and to keep watch over his lips. He wanted the Lord to protect him from what was about to come out of his mouth. But also, I think we need to think of it this way as well. Think of it as a guard or a watch who is over our mouth, that the Lord is standing guard. The Lord Jesus is standing guard. He is setting the watch over your mouth and my mouth. And so here's what we need to think. We need to think that everything, every word, every tone must pass by this guard, this watch first in order to get through. If Jesus, if we're calling out for the Lord Jesus to be the watch or the guard over our mouth, then we're asking him, Lord, I want you to set guard, be the guard so that I know that I now know that since he's the guard here at my mouth, as it comes out of my mouth, it's got to go past him first before it gets to the hearer. So basically what we're saying is as we're getting ready to speak, we need to ask ourselves the question, does Jesus give you permission to say what you want to say? Does Jesus give you permission to say what you want to say? Friends, we, friends, we need to think that every word must pass by the Lord first before it reaches the hearers of the intended hearers. And let us be determined, have this same determination, but realizing our weakness and dependence upon the Lord, and let no word go out that dishonors the Lord, that harms my witness, or hurts other people. That's a pretty good declaration. That's a pretty good desire of ours. Let no word go out that dishonors the Lord, harms my witness, or hurts other people. Why is that, Pastor? Well, let's just get back to the basics. In Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. If we really love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, and soul, friends, we're not going to do anything that's dishonoring Him. And since we are claiming the name of Jesus and we love Him, then we don't want to hurt our witness as well because hurting our witness hurts Him as well. And so then also the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So we want to do nothing that's going to hurt other people as well. So the bottom line is let us love the Lord in such a way that we don't want anything to come out of our mouths that will dishonor him or harm my witness or hurt someone else. 
But also notice here, David says this in Psalm 141. He says, do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works. Well, why is David talking about the heart? He just talked about the mouth and the lips. So why now is he talking about the heart? Well, that brings us right back to what we talked about last week as well. That from the heart is where all of this stems. The heart is where it, it's, what it's all about. It comes from the heart. Remember, one, two, three, four. Matthew 12, 34, that verse that pops up with the, the video that we look right before I get up to speak. Matthew 12, 34 tells us, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I found a couple of quotes that sort of goes along with that this week that sort of describes it. One is, the stream always resembles the fountain. What's the fountain in you look like? The fountain of the Lord Jesus in your life. The stream is going to resemble the fountain. Another one that I like a little bit better is this. that Whatever's in the well is going to come up in the bucket. Right? Whatever's in the well is going to come up in the bucket. So whatever's in your heart, friends, eventually is going to come out. Right? Amen? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we must realize this. Here's what we need to think. The solution to our wrongful words is a right heart. Amen? We want to find out, okay, how do we fix this? The solution to our wrongful words is a right heart. And friends, listen, a right heart begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. We we don't have a right heart apart from Jesus Christ. We're, we're desperately wicked. We're all sinners. We're none righteous, no, not one. We need Jesus to give us a right heart, to make us to have a right heart, to change us so that we do have a right heart. He changes our heart. As you trust him as Lord and Savior of your life, once you take that step of faith and the Holy Spirit comes into your life and he begins his work in you. It's the Lord who is the one who makes the change in your heart and it's the Lord then who also is changing the words in which you are using and how you're using them. David is saying in Psalm 141, Lord, I'm unable to keep a proper watch. I'm unable to have a careful guard over my own words. I am weak and my flesh struggles, and so you do it. You do it, Lord, because nothing is impossible with you. And friends, that's where we need to rest. That's where we need to to be at, is to know that we can't do this on our own. We can't tame the tongue, and we can't guard the gate by ourselves. We can have the determination all we want to, but we have to depend on Jesus for that. Amen? That's where it comes from. So why should I even worry about the words that come out of my mouth? It'd just be easier just to let it fly. Why should I even worry? Well, Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. How true that is. How often have we all said something in just a matter of few minutes, wish we'd kept our mouths closed? Yes. Well, preacher, I'll just tell you what. I'm not sorry about what I've said. They deserved it, and I'll tell you what else. I liked saying it. Hmm. Oh, friend, if that's you, you need to check your heart. You need to check your heart and ask yourself, do you really belong to Jesus? 
Because if you have that kind of attitude, then you have to wonder, do you really, really belong to Jesus? Because if Jesus has control of your heart, you're not going to speak that way. It's going to bother you even if you have to speak truth into somebody that's, that, that's going to help them, but it's not easy. But it's going to still hurt. It's going to be bothersome. So if you're, if you're just letting words fly at will and there is no conviction in your heart that you have dishonored the Lord or that you have hurt your witness, then, friends, you need to ask, are you sure that you belong to Jesus? Do you have a real relationship with the Lord? And so I encourage you to repent and turn to him if that's the case. Maybe that's not you. Maybe this is you. Pastor, I know the struggle is real. And I know Jesus is the solution. But pastor, those times when I have been wronged, I I just can't help myself. I just have to say what's on my mind. What do I do? That brings us to the third point. The secret is rest. The secret is rest. Now, granted, it helps if you've had a good night's sleep. But that's not what I'm talking about. It helps, and all of us have been there, when we have had only had like four or five hours of sleep or, or we're tired or we're hungry, sometimes we can just become an old bear. You don't have to amen that either because we just know, right? But what I'm talking about here is the secret is rest, resting in the Lord. That's where the secret to this is, is resting in Him. And so what we need to do is we need to go back to Psalm 37. Just two chapters before 39, where we started out just a few minutes ago. Psalm 37. And here what we find, this chapter, you need to earmark this chapter, because this helps tremendously whenever you feel like that you've been done wrong, someone's wronged you, you feel like the wicked are prospering, you're not sure how you're going to handle these kind of things. You know, what do I do when, when uh, you know, somebody has done something to me and I don't know how to handle it? What do I do? How do I, if somebody's stolen from me, somebody's done this, how do I handle, it seems like the wicked is prospering. Okay, so here's what David says in Psalm 37. The whole chapter is great, but I'm just going to read the first eight verses. All right, follow along. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut off like the grass and wither as the green herb. Here's, here's the practical points, the practical application. Trust in the Lord and do good. You dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. You delight or enjoy yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, meaning to roll your way or depend on the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Now, here we're, here's, here's the resting part, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord. The word rest there means to wait to be still. Wait on the Lord. Rest in Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Watch this. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes what? Harm. It's no good. It doesn't help. It causes harm. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, and only cause harm. So, so I know what you're thinking. But listen, there are times, there are certainly times when we must speak up for what is right. But beloved, there is a right way and a wrong way to do that. Amen? 
There are definitely times when we must speak up for what is right, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. But I'm afraid that too often we are more quick to fire up that which is stirring within us in order to advance our own personal agenda instead of advancing God's agenda. Too often, I'm afraid that's what's happening is we want to get our point across. We just want to win the argument. We want our personal agenda instead of God's. The secret is resting in the Lord, waiting on Him, being still in Him. Say, so, well, I don't know that I can be still. I don't know that I can wait. I'm not sure that I can be quiet. Well, we need to remember all that the Lord endured and spoke not a word. Remember that? Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. At the beginning of the day, throughout the day, rest in the Lord. Be still in Him. Spend time with Him, delighting in Him, trusting in Him. As you're walking with Him, you're deepening your relationship with Him and depend completely on Him. Because, listen, friends, this is a constant process. You could say, boy, I like that. I, okay, I've got the secret now. I'm going to rest in the Lord, so now I don't have to worry a bit about what people say. I got this. Friends, be careful. Because there is no magical point where we can say, I got this from this point on, because it's going to continue throughout our entirety of our lives. You see, friends, there's no way to prevent what other people will do or say to provoke you. There's no way to prevent that. And a lot of times you don't have any, we don't have any clue where this is coming from. It just happens. So remember this during that time. As other people may provoke you, don't be those people. Don't be those people and be prepared daily and rest in Jesus. Amen? All right, two things to do. Two things to do. Number one, lean on Jesus. Lean on Jesus. And you need to understand that you can't lean on Jesus if you don't know Jesus. You've got to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. You can't lean on him unless you know him, and you know him by a step of faith. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We turn from our sin, turning to Jesus in repentance, believing, embracing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross, rose again body from the grave, and profess Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never taken that step of faith, take that step today. Lean on Jesus, knowing Him by faith. And then as you lean on Him, as you know Him as Savior, then trust Him. Ask the Lord every day, Lord, be the guard over my lips. Guard the gate of my mouth. Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm trusting you. I depend on you. For out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth speaks. So, Lord, I want you to dwell in me. I want you to work in my heart. I want to walk closely with you. I want to depend on you. So lean on Jesus. And then secondly, lay it out before him. Lay it out before him. Let me explain this. Lay it out before him. Whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, friends, sometimes there's stuff, there's stuff beneath the surface that causes us to fire up sometimes. Sometimes it's a lot of things in the background. Sometimes it's stress that we're dealing with. Sometimes it's something somebody has done to us over here, but we're dealing with it over here. And so um, it just piles up and piles up and piles up, and then we explode. Lay it out before the Lord. As I was thinking about verse 3 there, back in Psalm 39, when David said, My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burn. It almost reminded me of a smoldering fire. You know, 
Back where we used to live, we had a garden spot, and every year we had quite a few trees, and we would rake our leaves into this garden spot. You'd rake all this great big pile of leaves up, and then you'd strike the match, and they would begin to burn. It burned down a little bit, and then you'd go back, and you'd get more leaves. And so you've got this, this, uh, these hot coals there, and so you get all these leaves. You rake them up, or you get the lawnmower and get the bags, and you bring them over, and you throw it on top of these hot coals, and you keep doing that. And pretty soon you see these hot coals, and you see the, the leaves that had burnt down the hot coals now and these more leaves on top of it, you see it just beginning to smoke and smolder. And, and after a short amount of time, all of a sudden there's like this poof and this, the fire and it consumes all the leaves and you've got the fire again. As I was thinking about that and thinking what David is saying here, you know, I was thinking about how that happens in all of our lives. Sometimes we have just those hot coals in our hearts and lives and things begin to pile up and pile up and pile up and then all of a sudden, you know, we've, it's smoldering, and then poof, and there's a fire. We let it loose. How do you fix that? Well, you go back to the idea of, the, of those hot coals. Once the fire consumed those leaves, what I would typically do is I'd get my rake, and I'd take the coals, and I'd rake them out, lay them out. And then I'd get a bucket of water or the water hose and spray over top of it because I didn't want the thing to catch on fire during the night. I want to douse the hot coals. Friends, listen. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I don't know what's going on in your life, but all of us have these difficulties. And whatever it is that's in your background, whatever hot coals there are in your heart, lay them out. Just lay them out before the Lord Jesus and let Jesus, who is the water of life, douse whatever that is, and take care of it. Because I'm here to tell you, He will. He will. There are things that you're concerned about that you can't do a thing about. Rest in Jesus. Let Him worry about it. He knows where you are. He knows who you are. And He knows what's happening. Trust Him. And let Him give you guidance. And you guard the gate as you let the Lord give you strength to guard that gate. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you'd help us to do it. We pray, Lord, you'd help us to do what needs to be done in our lives, that maybe there are places where we need to rake out the hot coals of our life. Maybe it's hot coals of bitterness. Maybe it's the hot coals of anger. Maybe it's the hot coals of unforgiveness. Maybe it's a hot coals of stress and uncertainty, of worry and fretting, dealing with issues at home or at work, and we let it smolder and smolder. Father, we pray that you would just help us to rake them out and lay them all out before you and say, Lord, here, here's the stuff of my life. I don't know what to do, but I'm just praying you would just cover it as the water of life. Douse out all the hot coals of my life. And Lord, may you help me to be careful of the words that I speak because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so, Lord, we, we come before you. We confess that we're weak, that we're in desperate need of your touch to help us to be careful of the words and the tone in which we speak those words to the people that we come in contact with, whether that's people at our school or our workplace or the marketplace even to the people who are in our homes, our closest people that we love the dearest. Sometimes the words, Father, can be the most hurtful. God, forgive us. God, help us to guard the gate 
Lord, I pray that our words will reveal who you are as you're on the inside. And Lord, we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we come to our invitation, friends. If you need to trust Jesus, Pastor Joe is here. I'll be here. We'll be glad to pray with you. If you need to come just surrender, giving something to Christ, laying it out before him, you're welcome to pray with us or just kneel here and pray to the Lord. As we stand and as we sing, you come.